your 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 attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. And now the moment we've been waiting for is here. podcast episode five today i'm sitting with clyde sims former mls player uh now business owner and i'm really really excited about today's episode dude thanks so much for coming on yeah really, really, really appreciate it really, really good so just uh so just before i jump into it basically i just want to kind of give the audience a bit of a background of kind of who you are your kind of background so you grew up in jamestown in north carolina yep you then went to uh, east carolina university where I played college soccer you went to the A-League, which is now the USL, and um, played there for a season before going to DC United where you know you had a quite a successful yeah. MLS career there, which is amazing. Then you transferred over to um, you know the revolution up here in New England, which is amazing. And then you know you played against the best team in the world, England, for a friendly game. It was amazing. So dude, thanks so much. I just want to kind of talk about you know your career so far, everything you've had going on. I think honestly, I think. The whole point of what I want to do with this podcast was really just interview really successful people who I think are really cool, who I think have achieved a lot, have gone through adversity, have gone through really cool things and kind of learn about how they did it and, you know, everything about them that's kind of made them them. So, yeah, if you want to just tell me a bit about what was it like growing up, what was it like growing up in Jamestown in the 80s, was it? Yeah, yeah, I um Yeah, I mean, as I've gotten older, I've realized that um, I, I had a pretty good childhood, uh, for sure, you know. Um, you know, everyone was, you know, healthy in the family. Um, and, you know, we grew I had two, two younger sisters, they're twins, identical twins. That's very cool. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. They're, they're a trip. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Um, they're three years younger. And, uh, we, you know, we went to the same schools mm-hmm. uh, when, it, when it worked out. Um, you know, I had family close. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one of my favorite cousins, um, we're the same age, grew up down the street from each other. We, um, you know, in the yeah, same grade all the way through, all the way through high school. Um, so yeah, and you know, great friends. Obviously, playing sports, basketball, soccer, um, some other things, and and you know, had had good friends. All of a lot of them lived in the neighborhood. It was um, it was really cool when I think back. That's really cool. Yeah, that's right. So then, what was the big turning point to go towards soccer? Was there any of the sports that you were like, you know what, maybe I could go that direction and that direction? Yeah, yeah. So I was actually a basketball guy. Really? Yeah. That's well, cool. my dad was basketball. He's a basketball guy. So. Uh, therefore, I ended up being. He didn't know soccer. Um, you know, soccer was kind of new. Uh, like, you know, to to use sports uh, where I grew up around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, that being said, he was a basketball guy. I was gonna play basketball. Yeah. And uh, you know, soccer was there, and he wanted me to have something to do to basically stay busy until basketball season. Got so it, got it. Uh, it was kind of like, uh, I was just lucky that with the timing, uh, so he put me in soccer, uh, Red League soccer, and he was the first coach. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> no idea, no, absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, figured out the rules, and, um, and, and back then, everyone just crowded the ball. Yeah, and everyone just ran towards it. Yeah. 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 But he realized, and, um, and other people realized that I was pretty good at it, like, uh, you know, it was cool. Pretty good with the control, uh, my body control, and controlling the ball, and I was fast, uh, you know, back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he he kept me in it, uh, and and every year I, I played, um, and I was going back and forth playing basketball constantly. Right. Um, you know, soccer in the summer and the, the warm months, and then mm-hmm. basketball when it was cold out. Um, it, it was you know that pattern you know all the way through high school, uh, right. and I think I got to a point where I was really good at both. Yeah. Um, and I almost quit playing soccer to play basketball. Really? Yeah. There was a time, I think it was freshman year, freshman year in high school, I almost, almost stopped playing 
uh, I think it was um, club ball. I was going to still play high school soccer, but I almost stopped playing club ball, which was crazy to think about. Wow, um, I remember we had called the coach. We were in the car, we called the coach, and then we ended up calling him right back to say um, we changed our mind. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you literally like quit, and then you had to call him back and say. Yeah, that that team. So, right, yeah. so I was playing, I was playing club ball and uh, high school soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we called the high, uh, the club coach to tell him this was gonna be the last year. Um, oh, but then we, you know, I, I think it was a matter of like literally five ten minutes, <laughs> and I much. and I just couldn't do it. Um, and so I think from there I gravitated towards soccer because, uh, and I have this conversation with my dad all the time, so he, he knows this, but, um, when it came to basketball, he, he was a basketball guy. He played it growing up. He knew it really well. Um, so he was on my case, um, yeah. during the games, after yeah. the games, before Cause he understood it as well. So he understood it. Oh yeah. 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 What I needed to be doing. And he was right about everything, but, I, but as a kid. I had so much more freedom playing soccer because he didn't know anything. <laughs> he showed, he'd come to the games and um, he'd sit there and he, he he'd come and, uh, after the games he'd just tell me good game and and I think I just found freedom in that and and um, and it just felt it was just more fun to me and I, I think that's why I gravitated towards it. Uh, my junior year I realized that we were gonna um, basically have a um, a chance to go play to school for mm -hmm. a scholarship. Um, and then I quit basketball. God, yeah. you know, that's it. I quit doing a lot of things back then. I used to skateboard and stuff like that. Yeah. Quit, quit everything. Anything. God, just head down and focus yeah. on the Yeah. Well, anything also that could possibly, you know, I could get injured. Yeah. Uh, I, I just that. stopped. Yep. I get that. I get that. So it was just full time. Full time soccer those last two years of high school. Yeah. And, um, and I loved it. That's so, good, man. Yeah. And how was the level at that point? Because, like, even now, like, when I came over here four or five years ago, there was like, some very, very good American players. Um, but then other, other players were just. The level wasn't especially amazing. So when you're going through coming through the eighties and you're going to college, what what do you think the level's like in comparison to it now? Oh, I, I believe it's much better now. I mean, right. it's all relative. I I didn't know much about outside of the United States. Got I didn't you. know much about outside of our our region really. Got you, got you. Um, our club team was really good, and we we played. We won regionals one year, mm -hmm. but what they did, they did nationals every other year. So yeah. we were in the off year, so we didn't get to go to nationals to got see. You how well we would have done with, with the rest of the country. But, um, and then we finished third like two other years, regionals, but we won states basically every year. That's it was amazing. like seven or eight years in a row. That's really cool. States. It was cool. The team got to a point where all the good players in the state came to us. Yeah. So, That's really cool. Um, but North Carolina was a good- um, Like a hot spot a good, It was, it was. And I think a lot had to do with the weather. The facilities. Yeah, that makes sense. We and had, you've got great weather all year round, yeah. haven't you? We had, we had beautiful facilities. Um, cool. It was very encouraging and and uh, yeah, it was cool. And, and you didn't realize that until you went to tournaments and played other teams. Yeah, and um, and uh, there are a couple other states that always had good teams coming out of it. But um, but yeah, um, you know the the level was. I mean, the level was the level. It's hard. It's hard to. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to, to think that. about. Yeah, and like now, I think. I mean, I look at kids now, and I can't really tell. How good they were compared to no, how we were. Just it's hard. So, I, I get that. I completely get that. Yeah. So, good. so then, what made the decision to go to ECU? Then was yeah. It's a good question. Um, so we were we weren't good. We were, <laughs> yeah. we were very bad. And now they don't even have a team. They they canceled oh, the program. It was like two three years after I was done there. Um, you know, ECU is a football. School. Yeah. Pirates. It's right? Huge. Yeah. Pirates. Yeah. And it's huge. And back then we were really good. They were, they were ranked a few years while I was there. Um, and uh, Title Nine, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. we had no no funding. It's kind of funny. 
we had like these old, you know, Deodore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had yeah, these yeah. old Deodore um, uniforms, t-shirts for practice shirts. We had like yeah. two different sets. Mm. Everything's all crusted because it's just you're you're wearing it. Yeah, yeah every, every yeah. day, and they're yeah. washing it, <laughs> the pit stains and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then the women's team. Yeah. They had Nike. I was just saying, kick it out. Kick it out. Bro, they had they they had I think they had like a different practice uniform for every day, That's like different cool. colors, different different sets. And it was because they, they just had so much money. It was almost like they didn't, there's no other way to spend it. Um, and so it was, it was kind of funny, but, um, you know, rightfully so. But um, it was an experience going to ECU. But so we, we weren't very good. The reason why I chose ECU, I think, was the coach at the time. And I knew I, knew I was going to get to play. Right? That's good. Yeah. I think that's a massive part of it. It's a similar story to me, really. Like when I came over, um, there was a few things that kind of factored into my decision. It was kind of financially, if we can make it work, obviously the scholarships and stuff, but also playing time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be essentially on the bench for four years. I want to play. I think that's yeah. what you come over to play. And I think exactly to your point that you're only going to get better if you're playing every single day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when I came on my visit, I was yeah. sold. Um, I had a buddy, or he's my buddy after, uh, he actually played on our, probably our biggest rival growing up, yeah, club, yeah. club soccer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was one of the best players on that team, and I was one of the best players on my team. And um, so we always knew each other, but we ended up going same weekend to a visit to ECU, cool. and we had a blast. That's we really had cool. a blast, and uh, the guys were really cool. They were on the team, and uh, after I left that weekend, that was like yeah, it was solid. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was ECU is a it's a fun, really fun is it school. Green, it's like, Greenville? Greenville, North Greenville yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Greenville yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. I was actually there last year for a wedding. It's like okay. super nice. Yeah. Like super, yeah. super nice. A lot of people get mixed up with Greenville, South Carolina, but yeah, Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so we, uh, we, we chatted um, after we left that trip um, and we, we decided together to mm -hmm. go. And so um, we, we told each other we'd be roommates and everything. It was cool. And we were roommates all the way through college. Um, and uh, still good friends that's to cool. this day. That, yeah, that's really, yeah. really cool. Really cool. So that the, those couple of things mm -hmm. made me make that decision. And I, I'm glad I made it. I had a couple of old teammates mm -hmm. and just um, guys that I grew up playing against um, that were much better than I was coming mm -hmm. out of high school. Mm -hmm. And they went to like UNC or yeah. Duke. Some of the big schools, right? Yeah, they're, back, they're back, the ACC then, school, yeah right? back then ACC was like, I'm that was huge. And a lot of them went to those schools, Wake Forest, and they didn't get to play until like their junior, senior. Yeah. Some of them didn't even get to play. They, no, they no just ended up because those schools they were bringing in the best players in the country every yeah, year, yeah. every sure. single year, and uh, the, a lot of those younger kids were just better than, yeah. than they were. And that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So I think you made a good decision for both of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. back on it since you made a great decision. Yeah. So then, like when you're going through college, then was there like what was it like? Was it was there the understanding right? I'm going to go play professional soccer, or was it just way in that was like a a folk dream that was just it was it was a it was a dream so you remember uh eddie pope i recognize the name yeah he, he was a defender uh for the national team right. uh, played for dc united mm -hmm. uh played for some other teams um and he he went to my high school we didn't go at the same time he was older and um and so i basically you know followed his career because mm -hmm. I, it was just yeah, we had like the jersey yeah, hanging yeah, up yeah, in, yeah. The, in the high school and really uh, cool. it was eddie pope's and and so I just I followed his career and, and um, it was it was awesome. But it was uh, but you know to think that I would ever make it there, um, no no chance. Especially when I went to ECU, we were like I said we were bad. I think the most games we won in a season was maybe six in, right. in a season. Right. And we played against some bad teams. That's how that's we racked up our, our right. wins. Like we <laughs> we would finish like last or second to last in the conference right. every year. Yeah. Um, 
And so we wouldn't get any recognition. Yeah, um, I, I, I might get. Yeah, I would get like second team or third team. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I saw on your record that you're getting all team conference, which yeah. is still a massive achievement. Yeah. Because, like you said, like if you are in a losing team, you're likely to lose. You're not going to get people looking at your games. Yeah. So you have yeah. to do a lot more to be recognized in those games. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I majored in construction management. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my mindset was that I was going to play all four years and you know I played some yeah. in the league when I got older, yeah. and I was going to get a job in construction. Yeah. Um, which was um, which was a great opportunity as well. Uh, I was excited about it at the time. And so um, my coach, um, the coach has changed. Right halfway through college, mm -hmm. and the assistant took over, uh, Michael Bennett. And uh, you know, I tell him all the time when I speak to him that if it wasn't for him, uh, really? you know, I wouldn't have had really? a career because he he really believed uh, that I could do it. And I thought he was crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know I was a good player, and um, and even within the conference, I, I, you know, I but it was you know he still had that low confidence. Not the highest confidence, you know, playing for a bad team no, and, and just struggling like we did. But he made me, uh, well, first we applied for the uh, combine, yeah. MLS, uh, yeah. got denied. They, 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 they didn't even like recognize me. Nope. No. And I think a big thing, I mean, back then the, the recruiting and stuff is much better now. And you'll see guys get picked up from all kinds of schools, all different schools. But back then, they were only looking at ACC schools or the Conference Out West. Uh, yeah. And, and, um, all the guys that were getting drafted were all from those schools, and you know the, the, it's tough, man. That for, it's, it it's a tough build to swallow as well when you look at all these players around you, kind yeah. of like, and you're like, I want to be doing that. Yeah. Like, why yeah. am I here? Yeah. Why am I not there? And yeah. I get it. Like you know, back then MLS was young; yeah. um, they didn't have the budgets to like go see ECU. Yeah, I get uh, that. Even if they heard about a player, um, and so uh, didn't get that. But I, um, he made me go to Richmond Kickers were having an open uh, like invitation yeah. tryout. Tons of tons of guys. Up. And, uh, <laughs> was that one of those ones you had to pay for, or did you actually get to? Go, we, we did. We did. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like 150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, man. I know. Went and or I went. Yeah. And I remember getting a hotel room and everything. It was like a by myself. It was a new experience for me. That's cool. Man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, show up and and um, the first day went well, and then the morning of the second day on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Because um, I, I, it took me three, it took me four and a half to graduate yeah, yeah. because of my, my major was so small mm -hmm. that certain class times were only offered like one time and it would, it would con uh, conflict with uh, practice. Yeah, yeah. So then I had to wait till the next yeah. semester to take that class. Yeah. So anyway, I had to spread it out. I was a four and a half year, but yeah. I, I have no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I have no excuses. Right. <laughs> so I had another semester. Um, that I needed to do, and the coach knew that, yeah. right? So, mm -hmm. and, I, and he knew I wanted to finish school. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was a uh, non-negotiable. And um, but he said, if I can create a contract and have you, uh, you know, because the, the, the season was mainly during the summer, mm -hmm. but there was some overlap at the beginning of summer and some at the end, mm -hmm. uh, fall when you start fall, um, you know, with school. And um, he worked it out, and I was able to. Um, he got me a contract. The contract was real. It was crazy. It was like, well, I lived with my buddy's dad mm -hmm. in Richmond, but the contract was like, we had to negotiate. Everything was um, was based off of how you did, right? Oh, it's like kind of commission based for soccer, kind of. That's wow. it. Yeah. So performance based, yeah. yeah. And so uh, we had to negotiate two hundred dollars a month just in case I got hurt, so I had to get something. Yeah, 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 just at least something. Yeah. And just, that, I mean, two hundred dollars a month. And then if I started a game, it was like one fifty. If I dressed. And got in a game, it was a hundred. And then if I 
just dressed, I got fifty dollars, and that was my contract. That's that's cool. Though, that's it cool. was cool. And did you ever have that thought of right? I could make more money going into management consulting or what? You know, oh, yeah. Was there that ever that kind of oh, thought? Back then, back then, construction management, mm -hmm. um, guys were leaving school and, and making six figures. I was gonna say, was there ever that going? Should I go and just do that, or should I go follow this? Dream to play soccer, like yeah. I, just, I mean, it was it was so much. I mean, I, I love I love playing soccer. Yeah. It was it was um, so much fun that yeah. Like I I basically chose to just do it as long as I could because I, I knew it wasn't gonna be long, and I knew I could always go back uh, to playing soccer. And you know, people around me would tell me that too. You know, you can always yeah. Go. That's a really good advice. I think. I think yeah. looking back on that, if I could give any advice to like my my friends who are still in college now, who are still mm -hmm. trying to play. Just play it as long as you can. Mm -hmm. like, you can always go and get a normal job. Oh, you know, with, with your, you know, your degree that you've got, with your, you know, work experience you've got, you can always go and get a normal job. But your legs are only gonna last so long. Yeah, you know? exactly. But like you just mentioned with your legs, the the nature of the sport yeah. is you go train for an hour, hour and a half, mm -hmm. and then you have the day. So you can you could be working on a lot of stuff. I had so many teammates that were, and I wish I did the same thing. They were doing like they were building That's like, cool. their business, or they were building. Um, there's a kid now that I follow on uh, for DC United, a young kid, and he got his real estate license, and nice. he's like, kids selling houses. That's smart. Uh, smart. Smart. Yeah. smart. And he's got the, you know, everyone wants to go buy a house from this kid who plays for DC United. Smart. All fans that say he's, he's doing well, but um, um, you have a ton of free time. So you can, you know, you can do a lot while you're while you're playing. That's you know? really, cool. Um, really cool. And, and soccer, um, I'll never forget, um, it's actually Bruce Arena, the coach for the Reds yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, mentioned this as a young man's sport, and it is. Yeah, you got to move. And, uh, I mean, on the pitch, yeah. you got to be moving and and uh, you know, a lot. And so it, yeah, it, once it, you get older, it's, it's, yeah. it's funny, you know. So um, I was playing right, and then I took maybe a year or two off. And I was like, oh, I'll go play Sunday league. Mm -hmm. And I just jumped back into a game, thinking I was going to be able to move again. <laughs> and after two years of sitting in an office, I was like, oh my yeah, god, yeah. I was yeah. like, I was gassed. <laughs> it was yeah. not good, man. So yeah, I completely agree. It's a young man's sport, and I look at now like 18, 19, 20 year olds who are athletic, and I'm like, oh, oh I haven't got that in my locker anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive, yeah. man. It's a really, really impressive. So then, so you're at Richmond Kickers, mm -hmm. and how long were you there for before you're like, right? One season. So, um, like I said, the season mm -hmm. was mainly during the summer, mm -hmm. and so I had finished that first season, and I was back at school finishing um, yeah. my last semester. And so, at the very end of that last semester, I, I never forget, I was in, in um, a movie. In the movie theater, yeah. and I, and, uh, on a date, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a group of us. Yeah, yeah. we had been together for a while. So oh, okay, yeah. yeah, but it was a date, yeah. Yeah, technically. And so, um, I never I remember leaving. I had so many missed calls on my phone, mm -hmm. and I had I had missed calls from numbers I didn't have, and then I had missed calls from my coach mm -hmm. at Richmond, and then I had missed calls from. Um, is this mobile phone? Is yeah. this mobile phone at this point? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, it was like the green screen, yeah, 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 yeah no yeah. color. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I checked my voicemail, mm -hmm. and I checked the my coach from Richmond because you know I knew him, mm -hmm. knew that number, and I couldn't really understand what he was saying, but uh, but he was like so excited, and so what happened was the U.S. national team, mm -hmm. so the team that basically plays in the World Cup, mm -hmm. they went on strike. Um, the players went on strike. Mm -hmm. They wanted more money um, per game. A lot of guys were traveling from Europe to come play these games, and um, they wanted to make it worth it, and they wanted to be on par with some of the other countries, mm -hmm. the federation. And so, um, no MLS players and no European players would come to camp. That's but insane. It was insane. And 
they back then they made they still made bills. I mean, I, maybe, maybe it was just me because <laughs> yeah. I was on that hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Bro, we showed up. We showed up the, the camp and the per diem was like, I, I was like, I don't even have this much money in my bank account. Like the per diem that they're giving us just for like the week. That's just kind of like a, a weekly budget, essentially. Yeah, kind of get yeah, just, just for like food and like. And that was more than your like, monthly expenses. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was crazy. <laughs> That's um, and that wasn't even the check just for coming to camp. You know, wow. it was just per diem. Um, so they had called in a bunch of at the time it was A League, now that's right. USL. Yeah. They had called in basically what they thought was the best A League players. Mm-hmm. Um and and they called in probably um probably a roster full, so a little over twenty. Um so you must have done well in that summer though, to be like yeah. you must have I been mean, doing really well. Yeah, I made I made team of the week a few times, I scored some goals. Um it was pretty wild. It, yeah, to go back real quick, it was wild that um, you know now I was playing professional, yeah. and that's where I gained a ton of confidence because, um, like we just mentioned, it's a young man's sport, and, yeah. and I, you know I could I could run around a lot of these guys, and um, and I was developing so quickly around that time, and I ended up being like one of the best players on the team. That's I ended great. up uh, starting every game, and like uh, it was awesome. It that's was awesome, really but. Cool. Um, and uh, so I was one of those guys that they called in mm-hmm. to camp, and our team was really good, um, Richmond. And we, we didn't win the the whole thing the year before, but we, um, we were, I think we were number one in the league. And so we we had like five or six guys come in with us. Um, that must have been quite comfortable as well, especially when you said I'm going to go play, try do a training camp with the US national team, and then you've got a bunch of boys around you. That's a, that's a nice feeling. A sense of, cool. That's a sense of comfort there. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, even on the field, uh, felt super comfortable at camp. Oh, I can't say that because now I'm, <laughs> I'm in front of Bruce Arena, and uh, at the time, yeah. it was the coach and the assistants who I've only seen on TV, yeah, know, yeah. other games, and uh, we're in front of them trying to impress them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but Bruce took a, a liking to me, so we were there for about a week and a half to two weeks mm-hmm. training. They had a World Cup qualifier coming up, um, and so I think if it was a friendly or anything like that, they mm-hmm. probably would just cancel the match. Got you. But World Cup qualifier, they couldn't yeah, yeah. do it. Or they would have lost. They yeah. forfeited the match. So they, they called in us. We're there training. They, we had like four weeks to get ready for this thing. We're out of season. We're not even... We're like still a few weeks away from starting preseason mm-hmm. in the A-League. And, um, so you weren't even peak then, really? Then no, not even close. Not even close. Because the season back then was only three months. So it's not oh, even like wow. we had a long season. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were super out of shape. We were super <laughs> out of shape. <laughs> So two weeks we're into it, and we're starting to feel good, yeah. right? Uh, we're starting to figure out who uh, lineups and stuff like that because we only got two more weeks to, yeah. uh, to the game, and we were going to travel to Trinidad and play. That's it. But around two weeks, I was I was at uh, we were at dinner, um, I think Manhattan Beach, and um, sitting outside. It was nice out, mm-hmm. and one of the guys that played for the team in Richmond mm-hmm. that was there as well, his wife uh, called him. He walked away from the table, and she had seen on the news where they came to terms. Got it, got it. So the strike was over. Um, and it was time for the scabs to, to go home. Yeah, so was that a bit heartbreaking when you got up? It that? was, it was. Everyone was kind of down, but the, but then we, you know, we grabbed, we started drinking beers, and and uh, that's just an amazing to, experience. Oh, it was. We had all, we had all this new like USA <laughs> and stuff like that. And we got you know they're giving us you know free shoes and everything. It's amazing. That's, a, that's that, that level. Yeah, it's that's amazing a, what they do for those guys. And uh, you know, we we were just embracing the the opportunity. I mean, that's something that. I mean, even if it was just that, I would never forget that. You know, I, I tell that story. Um, Especially over, young over, as well. Oh, yeah. Like that's like... I think I was 21 at the time. That's yeah. unreal. Yeah. That's unreal. It was wild. So, 
right after my buddy came back to the table, maybe a couple minutes later, I got a um, I got a phone call from Mooch, who he's passed away. Um, he was assistant mm -hmm. for Bruce back then, and he he gets me on the phone. He says, "Do you have any plans the next couple of weeks?" And I'm like, "No, um, I was planning to be here." Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, Whatever you like, need, coach. What you yeah, need? <laughs> yeah. Well, the strike has ended. I don't know if you heard yet, but the strike has ended. But we want you to see. We want to see if you can stay uh, with the guys. So here I am. I'm thinking, you know, this is awesome first. Yeah. But also, I'm thinking that okay, we've been training for two weeks. We have guys because they're in their off season as yeah. well. Um, we have guys that are um, have gotten in shape where they think are in good shape mm -hmm. that can contribute. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're keeping five, six guys. The next morning we go to, I tell the group of guys at the table and they're pumped for me. Um, like I said- Was there guys, ever a sense of jealousy from them, those guys, you think? Or do you think everyone was so I didn't, I didn't notice it. That's good. No, I didn't That's nice, it. that's nice. Because it was, you can be afraid sometimes of yeah, celebrating your successes because people might take that the wrong way. Yeah, right? yeah. That's really nice. And uh, no, I mean, these, these were my guys. Mm -hmm. um, they, we played played together that, that whole season and uh, we got along really well. I was a lot younger than most yeah. of them, but um, they were happy for me. So um, the next morning, we go to the the meeting and Bruce talks to us and tells tells us how thankful he is that we came in and um, you know how grateful he was and that the strike ended and then he announced that uh, we decided to keep uh, Clyde uh, on and and have him train with the guys mm -hmm. coming in but I was the only one. Um, wow, that's an achievement. That's an achievement. Yeah, it was. I was the youngest one there. Um, you must think, have really done well in that two weeks. Well, I think it was. Uh, it was a combination. I think I, I did well, but also I think Bruce. Bruce later, I, I talked to Bruce, and he said, "You know, you you should have been should have been playing in the MLS." Ah, um, uh, so he he saw this as an opportunity to basically get me there. He's a good guy, good guy, Bruce. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So he kept me there. I trained, mm -hmm. and uh, I almost made the uh, I almost made the travel squad. No I way. Almost made the travel because they they were um, they were low on D mids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played D mids, so at the time it was just Pablo. Uh, Mastriani, I don't know if you remember him. He had, used to have the dreads. He played a couple. I of recognize the name for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, they they were even putting Clint at the mid and myself. Yeah, he's more. Clint's more offensive. Right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Back then, he they put him anywhere to try to fit him in because mm -hmm. uh, he's such a good player. But yeah, they had him even taking reps at uh, D mid as well. Um, and so, all, like, I was one of the few, and I almost made the trip. Um, but That's they incredible. at the end, they only took eighteen, and uh, I wasn't on on mm -hmm. it. But um, but it was crazy. The most nerve-wracking time was the switch, right? So mm -hmm. they let everyone else go. I'm there. Yeah. At this hotel in Manhattan Beach by myself for a good yeah. two days until yeah. until the all rest of the, the, yeah. the, the old team come yeah. back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I see the roster. I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. That's right? bold, isn't that? Yeah. All, um. So it wasn't just MLS. It was all the European yeah, guys back yeah. then. So it was. I mean, I don't know if you remember. I think I saw it. Like, um, Brian McBride, was it? McBride. Was yeah, he was at Fulham. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was another guy from Fulham. The, the right back. Uh, I can't remember his name. But I think it was there. Well, Chirondolo was, was there. Um, you know, it was some of the top, like, playing at the so, top level. Yeah, it like, was. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And you could tell. As soon as they, as soon as they got there. It's a different I mean, level. As soon as they walked in the room, it was like you could. I mean, it's probably me, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a different, it was a different level, different mindset. Yeah, yeah. And I got, I never forget, I got, because um, we, you know, I was one of the scabs that came mm -hmm. in. Yeah, and yeah, obviously, yeah. that stuff's sticky, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, um, during those two days, I got a ton of attention because I was this one guy that they were keeping and it was like news. And so I got an agent. Uh, I didn't have an agent before, but I got all these calls from agents 
and I really like this one, Dan Siegel. Mm -hmm. And I stayed with him my whole career. I That's love amazing. him. Great guy. Um, and so he's filling me in on things, and he's like, I just want to give you a heads up. Some of the guys are not happy. But with, you're still even here. Yeah. Uh, and one was Casey Keller. And I the, heard the it. goalkeeper, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And I heard it. Um, and so I knew beforehand, but he definitely was not not happy. Like he didn't want to look. Goalkeepers are weird. They, <laughs> goalkeepers are weird. Yeah, people, man. And some of my best friends. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, so are mine. My goalkeepers. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. weird. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you gotta be, man. Yeah, yeah. Diving around and jumping around, and yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, but I, you know, killed him with kindness. Like he, he, I think he also saw that you know I was a hard worker. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my position. And, uh, you know, I was a team player, like, I'll never forget, um, there's another camp after. Mm. He was still mad uh, about it. This is, um, so that camp ended, and um, we started season. Mm -hmm. um, also, let me, sorry, let me go back a little bit. My agent, um, we, I was talking to him every day, mm -hmm. so all I got all this attention from mm -hmm. MLS teams now. Mm -hmm. Because I was this oh, one kid, yeah, yeah, I was this one kid that, um, and I was still under contract with mm -hmm. Richmond. I was mm -hmm. this one kid that um, that they kept, mm -hmm. and so every, basically every, almost every team was um, wanting to take a look at me or, or asking about mm -hmm. me. And somehow I don't know how this works, but DC United bought my rights, so they like, oh, no, yeah. Rights. Back then, MLS had some weird rules. I so get, could Richmond kicker say, "Hey, you can buy our players' rights, so you can kind of transfer over to your team"? Is that how so? It no, it was just within MLS, so. If MLS, if I ended up in MLS, they had my rights. So they they had first pick. Got it. Yeah. And so I was still in a contract with Richmond. Mm -hmm. So they had to come to terms. So, oh, okay. So basically I was I was owned by DC United already without even signing a contract. But um, they, they, still, <laughs> yeah, they still had to come to terms with, with okay. Richmond to release me from my contract because I had one more year. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what was that conversation like with your assistant coaches, your, you know, your, uh, Richmond Kickers? Obviously, you had a great relationship with them. Yeah, they were yeah. buzzing that you'd even got into the US camp. Yeah. Yeah. So, when do you call them so, and say, hey guys, what's going on? Or do you just yeah. leave that completely? So, they, they were asking for like everything. It was crazy. I, I never forget. Richmond Kickers one? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you would be. Oh, you'd be yeah, like, yeah, 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 we want everything. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm like, and. Would you want to go through? Well, DC United really wanted me as got well, but, but they got to a point, and my, uh, my agent finally called. Uh, the coaching was like, you're going to ruin this yeah. opportunity for Clyde if you, you know, if you can't work yeah. something out and just be realistic. Yeah. And so they they finally came to terms. Um, it was a weird, a weird uh, relationship they yeah. worked out where we had to go back and play a friendly with them like every year for the next four or five years. Awesome. They can get money off ticket yeah. sales yeah. and. And and it was one of those games where it was just tough to go to because we were in the middle of our season every time. Yeah. It was a midweek game. Oh, and, yeah. and everyone caught wind that it was because of me. No, all the players did? Oh, yeah, yeah. They caught wind. That's like nothing to do with you. It's not, I know. It's not, well, it's because like, of my, my yeah, contract, yeah. so they, they give me shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, um, that was part of the contract and some money. But anyways, <laughs> they let me go. That's amazing. Richmond let me go. And so I went from uh, leaving the movie theater to flying out. Oh, in Greenville, North yeah, Carolina, yeah, yeah. flying out to camp. This all happened while I was at camp. So I, oh, that's not. Yeah, I flew back to um, Greenville, and DC United gave me a day to pack a bag, mm -hmm. and then I flew to Hawaii to meet the team for preseason. For the, oh, the Trinidadian, Trinidad. No, for um, DC United now. Okay, got you, so, got you. That's incredible. That's that a nice story. That happened that fast, and and now I'm now I play for DC United. That's a yeah. It was crazy, and then uh, and then the guys. 
um, and like I said, with Eddie Pope, the guy that played in my high school, I followed DC. Yeah. That was like my team. Was he still playing at the time? No, he, he, he had moved on. Got yeah. it. Got it. Um, That's he was incredible. still playing, but now he, he had moved on. So um, I, I, I had a good start with DC United, a really good start with DC United. Uh, started getting a lot of playing time. Mm -hmm. Bruce called me back into camp, and this was for World Cup qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And um, this is with like the like the team team. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. And so I go back to this camp, and uh, this camp's in Chicago because we're, mm -hmm. we're playing we're playing a friendly against England. Yeah. And then we and then we have um, Costa Rica at mm -hmm. home in Salt Lake, and then we have Panama on the road in Panama. Wow. And that was like the, the best stadium, was it Soldier Field, I think it was? Soldier Field yeah. was the friendly against yeah. England. Yeah, that was like a tune-up for these two games. So we were together for a good oh, three, four weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that camp was, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And uh, and I was on the bench for every game. Uh, almost, I uh, got my first cap in that friendly against England. Yeah. Uh, one minute left to play. So you came out. What's yeah, the highlight? Yeah, one it was really so I got cool. one, one minute of playing time with the national team. That's like yeah. incredible, though. It was awesome. So they talked to me like, so for for the, the guys watching this are in college or who are growing up who are going to watch this and want to be, be a professional soccer. What's the, even the background of that? Like, what's it like in the team bus? Like, what's the just the behind the scenes experience like? Because are you low key thinking I'm about to play in front of forty five thousand people against England for the US national team? Yeah. And, only a few weeks ago, you were playing A with the Richard yeah. Is yeah. it not that part of you, like where your heart's going? Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you grow. You're with that team, every, you know, every day, mm -hmm. every meal, mm -hmm. um, multiple times a day, and they become your friends. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you tell each other stories. You you, you get confident. Um, you grow confidence in that yeah. alone, right? Just so, in that environment. Yeah, in the environment and training, and you. You get to a point where you you do you feel like you belong once you're in there, um, and you know guys you know you know guys are high fiving and stuff for different stuff and okay, and, you, and your your ability you know comes out you know um, and it's, a lot of it has to do with confidence and, and that belief that's really uh, cool. for sure and so that's um, by the time that game I mean I wish I could remember exactly how I felt but by the time it was game time for that England game mm -hmm. um, I was in a place where like. This is my team, and these are my teammates. Yeah, you, know? you felt comfortable. That's yeah, really yeah. cool. Because the, the crazy thing is, I mean, as crazy as my story mm -hmm. was, every all these guys had stories. It, it was yeah. very few guys that were like really, really the man from when they were from when they were kids. Yeah. There was always a point where they they now are um, who they are. Yeah, they kind of leveled up, or they yeah. had to they had to grow into a position or something. Yeah, or something. That's really happened. really yeah. cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and then once you once you figure that out, and and that's when you really feel like you you know you belong. Yeah. You know, so it, it was cool. So what's your dad say at this point? Is he like, dude, I wanted to play basketball? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it came at one time, and it was like an uncomfortable situation because he felt he felt bad. I mean, I, I never forget one time when I was young, young yeah, and yeah. I used to go in the backyard. I love juggling soccer ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love just doing anything with soccer ball back then. And I, um, always wanted like the newest cleats. Yeah, yeah. I didn't always get them, but, uh, just my father same arguments with my mom oh, like, yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. sports store for hours trying yeah, to get the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's always that cheaper version. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I had to like <laughs> negotiate with my mom. Like, mom these ones have a better rubber, so it's yeah, gonna have yeah, a yeah, ball yeah, there, you know. Sure. No, there was always a big difference. Yeah, yeah, us, yeah. Us, they look the same to them. But uh, I never forget. My dad must have been in the house trying to do something. And he needed my assistance. Yeah. 
and I was outside, I couldn't hear him. Mm -hmm. And I never forget, he, he busted out the door. And uh, and I don't want this to make my dad sound like a bad person. He's also, he's yeah. the best dad, yeah. the best dad. We get to that later. But uh, he came out, he was so upset. He was like, you, you didn't hear me, you know, calling your name. I'm like, no, I'm out here. And, and uh, he needed my help to, he needed me to hold something while he yeah, did yeah, something. Yeah. So I follow him in the house, so I help him out. And while I'm helping him, you know, he, he he said in that moment, he was like, you need to, because at this time there was no MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no like future for soccer in America. Yeah, um, they, it's hard. Yeah, I got, I got that. It's they really play games. They play, I remember watching Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Back in the day, um, they show a couple games and that was it. A couple, oh. they, come, they show a couple of premiership games in the US on uh, Fox Sport at the time. Oh, so now you have an NBC, you have literally oh, back to back games Everything. all morning yep. and then you have it. Or you have access, yeah, you have yeah. like, internet access or mm -hmm. whatever. Back then, nothing. Yep, whatever they showed. Um, but there was nothing in the US and he, he had mentioned, he was like, you, you know, you're gonna have to, um, you know, you're not gonna have a future with, with this ball and you're gonna, yeah. And, uh, and I was stubborn. Um, but it's helped me yeah, you know, yeah, to this day. Needed, I think you needed it and it just stubborn. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really believe that. Yeah, but we had a conversation and it was a joking conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he he was like, uh, it made him upset, so we don't really talk about it anymore. Mm. Um, oh, because you, you were like, you told me I wasn't going to have a future. Yeah. And then they were representing the yeah, USA. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's, That's really, really he's coming, and, he, and he's like the most proud dad and it's coming, cool. coming to every game they can come to, driving up from North Carolina to D.C. And it was, yeah. It was so you awesome. know, you know Conor McGregor, right? The UFC fighter. Yeah. He had a very similar story. Like his dad was so anti MMA or anything, mm -hmm. and Conor McGregor was like, and the dad couldn't see. There's no future for an MMA. Yeah. Just fighting in the cage, and now obviously Conor McGregor yeah. is where he is. Yeah. So I think I imagine it's a kind of similar thing. Yeah. Is that it's very yeah. hard for the the parents to see when there's not a direct avenue for mm -hmm. it. Yeah. But yeah. when you make it happen, yeah. that's, that's really yeah. cool. No, it is. It is. Yeah. So, uh, and it was cool to you know make my dad proud. That's um, cool. Over our parents. Proud in that capacity, but um, but that, yeah. what's mad about this though is it seems that you had all this super early on, like that was in 2005, the England game, yeah, and you were on the World Cup qualifiers mm -hmm. in 2005, 2006. Yep. That's only you start your professional career in 2004, uh, I think. 2000, well, 2004 was Richmond, yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. super yeah. in its infancy, you know, it's not like you're in fifth, sixth year where you kind of built all yep. the steam behind you, yeah, super young to it. It happened fast, yeah, that's really yeah. cool, man. that's cool. So anyway, so then the USA stuff finished, and then you just carried on the, the DC United. I think you were there for seven years, was it? Seven years. Seven yeah. years. Yeah. Amazing. Had a, had a good career. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, at the time I left DC mm -hmm. United, I was like top five in uh, games played, um, mm -hmm. which was crazy to see some of the names that were like underneath. Oh, for sure. But I mean, a lot of those guys got either traded to other teams mm -hmm. and stuff. But um, but yeah, I was like top five at the time. I had one season where I played every minute. Um, except for three minutes. Mm -hmm. Still mad about coach taking me out. I, to, <laughs> I was on a yellow and he didn't want me to get a red. It was three minutes left. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> out, but uh, had one of those seasons. I got team MVP one year. Um, yeah, I think that was the same year, mm -hmm. in 2008. And um, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I played team captain a few times. Uh, more more when I came here to the refs, mm -hmm. but. Uh, uh, it was a really, really good experience. Some of the relationships I formed, you know, on and off yeah, the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I imagine you become, forget. yeah, I yeah. imagine you become part of the community when you. Oh yeah, yeah, which is really yeah, I imagine an amazing experience. Yeah. I tell people all the time. My uh, my girlfriend and I at the time, I mean, we we had like the key to the city. It was crazy. We we go to any concert, any no Red, Redskins. Um, Wizards, Redskins at the time, Wizards, uh, any game. You just get hooked up with any, all the stuff. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. That's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> that's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it the yeah. it's the perks. Yeah, it's the perks. So kids yeah. watching this, that's why you need to do it. Yeah. That's really cool. So then you went to the refs and you had two seasons there. 
Yep. And then that was kind of towards the end of your career, right? It was. It was. Yeah. Yep. And in so, my um, and that's when my kidneys started yeah. to take a turn. Yeah. And that's something that um, we didn't mention though is I think when you were going through high school, you got um, diagnosed with a kind of rare form. Was it a rare? Super form? rare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, FSGS. Yeah. Super Which, rare form. I've got the writing somewhere. I can't yeah, say. It. I can't I say. To be honest, I, I can't even remember all the time. Funeral. Yes. Segmental. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you got FSGS, and which you got diagnosed within high school. So yep. So I didn't really get diagnosed until I was here, but but the doctors were like ninety nine percent sure that's what it was. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. So then, so when you're going through something like that, then, because you know at some point your kidneys, unfortunately, are gonna kind of relapse on you. Is that kind of what the what's gonna so, happen? Yeah. So that's what I. That's the only thing that I was told when I was young. I was young when, yeah, yeah. when I realized this. Um, they said, you know, everything's fine now, but there is no cure for this disease. It take. It just slowly takes away your kidney function over time. So there's going to come a time where you're going to either have to go on dialysis mm -hmm. or um, get a transplant. Mm -hmm. And I was so young, I didn't really know what that meant. Is it I mean, more, yeah, you just kind of push it to the I back of your brain. Because it was scary. Older me will deal with me. Older well, me will deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it was scary. And so I, I pushed it back. I just pushed it away because I didn't feel anything. Yeah. It didn't really affect me. I think the older I got, I realized the only symptom really that I was feeling was tired, being tired. Yeah. What I also realized after a while with playing soccer was that it took me longer to recover from, you know, just from soreness, regular soreness yeah, from games yeah, yeah. and stuff, but also from injuries. It took me, so it took yeah. me probably double the time to recover. Oh, at the end of my career. No, no, I can Especially imagine. when I was with the refs. Yeah. So, obviously, you, when you were playing in MS, you had like access to the really top boxers and everything, where they started to say, look, you're starting to kind of experience some kind of kidney failure here. Were you starting to monitor that as towards the end of your career? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and, I, and I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I agree, yeah. When I, uh, when I was at DC, I was kind of on my own. Mm -hmm. They put me in touch with doctors. Mm -hmm. I had I had doctors there, but like you know, I was I was in such of a I had such of a, ha a habit of pushing it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I I had to schedule my appointments. I had to check on to see where my kidney function was. Mm -hmm. um, I was in charge of that, mm -hmm. and because I kept pushing it back, um, I didn't go as often as I should go. Mm -hmm. I was doing the painkillers, mm -hmm. like you know, you're supposed to be taking like Advil and stuff like that. I, but I was even doing like the Toradol shots yeah. to be able to play. And um, one time I went in there and it had dropped all the way down to like 20%. And they asked me what I had been up to and I and they found out about the Toradol shots and like, no, you cannot, you cannot wow. uh, take those anymore. You can't take anything but Tylenol. No Aleve, no Advil, none of wow. that. So, um, and then as soon as I stopped doing that, it jumped back up. But um, yeah, it was killing my kidneys. Um, but that's, when I, that's actually ter ter terrifying too. Killers, yeah. Because I, I had heard stories about, and not necessarily with FSGS, but about um, people with kidney mm -hmm. disease, they call it the silent killer, because mm -hmm. um, you don't feel anything. And um, there's been there's been stories of, uh, I remember this one kid, I hear, hear this story, playing basketball, and he just dropped dead on the court. Oh my god. Come to find out his kidney function, I mean his kidneys had just failed him. And and I imagine, he had no idea. Yeah, I imagine it's really difficult for you when you're at the peak of your playing. You mm -hmm. look probably, you look great, you feel great, you you know, like you, mm -hmm. the, you've cardiovascular off the charts, you feel amazing. It's probably very hard for you to even accept at that point, yeah, I've got a failing kidney. You probably yeah. don't even want to. Or anyone else. Yeah. 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 And it was, yeah. And I, I, sometimes I think I, I wish, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am mm -hmm. and yeah. how things happen, but to, to see what my career would have been like if I had full functionality, yeah. I think it would have been, it would have been, been different. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, but when I got, um, picked up by the revolution mm -hmm. when as soon as I got here yeah. they they knew about my 
uh, you know, kidney function yeah. and stuff, um, all that had been transferred over from DC. They put me in with the doctors. They they made That's sure nice. I was going to my appointments. They had me at MGH, which is great, yeah. great hospital. Um, and I had no, I had to answer to them rather than me being yeah. charged. And so that's when I really got super knowledgeable about what, what was mm -hmm. going on with my kidneys. Mm -hmm. I learned so much and knowledge is power when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. 100%, 100%. And you need and you need to know and you have to know what's going on mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, as much as possible try to control it. And so when I came here, um, I felt so much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, although I was struggling on the field because my kidney function was dropping, I felt super comfortable because I knew I was in good hands. Yeah, I feel like that way. You know that it's not just you fighting this. I feel like you've got a team of people around me oh, who are yeah. going to help me, you know, perform and feel better. That's yeah. so. Talk about that for a second. So you go through um, a really super rare form of kidney disease, and you're playing soccer. You know, you train every day at the highest level. Um, when you're playing a ninety minute game, whatever it may. Do you feel weaker? Is it like, does it affect you when you're actually on the field? Or is it, like you said, is it more yes. after the game, you're just like, I am dead to the world? Yeah, the, well, the crazy thing is, is it happens so slowly over time, like mm -hmm. um, your energy levels and stuff that I couldn't tell a difference. I just thought, to me, it was just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it wasn't like that at all of a sudden. Um, this year, I had so much energy, and then the next year, I didn't. It was yeah. so gradual that I didn't, I didn't really, I couldn't really tell. The good thing was, at that at that point, I had established myself so much in MLS, mm -hmm. and um, and although I was new at the Revs, um, the coach was great. He he allowed me to um, take days off. That's nice. He allowed me to um, you know I'd have the, I'd have the like we call them pro days. Mm -hmm. where you know, I was jogging around the field and stretching. Yeah, while, that's nice. While the that's team nice. was training, and it didn't affect my playing time because um, at that point they knew what I could do. No, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. really great. I mean, I think that's just vital for recovery anyway. Like, you need those days when yeah. you're coming back off the back of games. You need, like, a recovery day just to yeah. kind of get your legs back. And yeah. That's yeah, insane. Yeah. So you had two seasons at the refs. Mm -hmm. And then was there, was there one moment where you're like, it's time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that last season was just tough. I, I get an injury. And like I said, it would take me double the time to heal. There would, there would be uh, nights where I go to sleep uh, and everything feels perfectly fine, mm -hmm. feeling strong ready for training the next day and I wake up and then all of a sudden I just got so much swelling or just pain in my ankle for out of nowhere or my foot or like the, the most weird spots. When your kidney, kidneys don't function the way they're supposed to, it doesn't filter your blood the way yeah. it's supposed to. So, um, and it affects you in so many ways. I mean, you, got, you have toxins that just build up. And so that's what I was dealing with. And it got to a point where it was more work just trying to even train and, and oh and be healthy than, yeah. than anything else. I was gonna give it a shot and play one more season though. Mm -hmm. I was gonna play, um, uh, I had an opportunity in San Jose. I always wanted an excuse to live out in California and that yeah, was a good sure. one. Um, that would have been a nice way to end the career maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. would have been, but but all every, everything that I knew was always East Coast. Mm -hmm. All my family is over here. Uh, all my friends, I had, I had a good amount of friends in California, but you know, they were out in like LA and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but, um, and at my age, I, and what I was dealing with, with yeah. my kidney function and just all the injuries, yeah. I said, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to, you know, up and move across the country for one more season. I get that. And I think there probably is that thing is where I've got a team of people around me here mm -hmm. that understand my medical record. They understand what I'm going through. It would maybe be a bit of a, you don't know what medical treatment you could get in San Jose. It might not be the same doctors. It might, it might be like DC where you're kind of back on yeah. your own a little bit. You don't want that. You don't exactly. want to kind of put yourself at risk. Exactly. I completely understand. Yeah. Completely. So, um, so yeah, that was, um, uh, that was that. I, um, 
That was it. So then you called it a day, you retired for the reps. How, so you said you're at 20% kidney um, yeah. ability, I guess that's the word, um, by the end of your career. How long after saying calling it a day, were you then like, right, I need to get a transplant? So I remember having an appointment with my doctor shortly after I retired. They, and he told me, you know, you'll be fine for a while. He yeah. said, unless you get really sick for some reason, mm -hmm. like the flu or something like that, yeah. that can drop your, your functionality. He said, unless you get really sick, you'll be fine. Um, and literally like, what was it? Um, I got a really bad stomach bug, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I, I got sick, but that, that wasn't the type of sick he was talking about. Yeah. I had to go to the hospital, it was so bad, and then um, I was given a medication that mm -hmm. I was that we didn't know at the time, but I now know that I'm allergic to. Oh, and they geez. and they kept giving it to me, kept giving it to me, and I and um, it was just making me sicker and sicker. No way. This was only a few weeks after I had this conversation with him, and and then um, shortly after that, um, oh no, while I was in the hospital, I had to start dialysis. Oh, nice. Once it, I think it, once it goes below ten percent. Uh huh. Done. You you're basically done. And just for those who don't know, I think, and I'm probably wrong with this, but dialysis is that when they help filter your blood? Yes. That's essentially your kidney is literally not helping filter the blood exactly. properly, and that's what they'll help you yep. do that. Yeah, so it pulls all your blood out, um, runs it through a machine that filters your blood. So are you a, are you awake for this? When you can you can sleep. I used to go at six a.m. You had to do four hours, right? Uh, four hours, three times a week, mm -hmm. and you had to sit. Um, I used to go super early in the morning. I used to go six to ten. Yeah, you just want to get in and get yeah. out. Okay. So a lot of times I stay up late um, doing whatever, and uh, so I would just sleep. Yeah, there. Mm -hmm. right. And then they'll just literally take out a big, big chunk of your blood and then just fill. Yeah, it's through. constantly just going. Oh my god, machine and coming back. Just, yeah. Wow. So then you're on dialysis for a year. I was on dialysis for um, not that long the first time. Mm -hmm. The first time, uh, maybe six months, not even. Um, might have been a few months, and then we got news. Okay, so. I played in DC for seven years. Yeah, I played here for two years. Mm -hmm. I had so many friends in DC that yeah. knew knew what was going yeah, on. Yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time, the revolution um, had um, they brought it out to the media. It was all over MLS mm -hmm. uh, website, uh, DC United's website um, that I needed a kidney. So I had so many fans and friends in DC um, get tested, and so many to see if they had the same blood type as, as well. you, so you could. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing! It was crazy. Well, so what I did, I got registered in DC, so it was easy for them. They could just go down the street, rather than everyone come up to MGH to yeah. get tested. Um, it was much easier that way. So I had two play, two sites going on. Whoever found the kidney first, um, that's mm -hmm. who we were gonna. That I was either gonna go to DC to have it or mm -hmm. or stay here and have it. And when something like that, when you go through something like that, such a you're gonna have to go through this every year. How long is the waiting time from saying, right, we need to get you a new kidney? What's the waiting time for something like that? So the the wait is normally four years. So but that's for um but for a living donor that you know, yeah. If somebody steps forward, say yeah. you want to give me a kidney, yeah. and you step forward, we can do it tomorrow. You know, I mean as soon as you're tested up. Yeah, yeah, yeah They exactly. they make sure that you would be perfectly fine before they before right. they would take your kidney. And hypothetically, say if I wanted to donate a kidney, I'd say I won't only want to donate a kidney to you. It's not that so, I put my kidney on a list of people that it could go so, to. So now there's a, there's that option now. Okay. Um, there used to It used to be like, if you were a different blood type, you just can't. Got you. you just can't do it. But now, uh, well one, medication's so, so crazy now mm. that um, we don't have to be a perfect match anymore yeah. like um, because the medications can take away my immune system to allow the kidney to just work. 
Got it. Fine. Yeah. But also, they do have, um, I forget what they call it, but they have that type of mm-hmm. system. That's what I went through both times. The, fir- the first time was just a swap. So, mm-hmm. like, um, say you want to donate to me, mm-hmm. and um, and say someone else wants to donate to one of their friends, mm-hmm. the, um, but they're, but the person that wants to donate over here is a better match for me, and you're they, a better match for them. They'll switch it. They'll switch it. The first one was just a straight swap with another, it was a... Um, a mother and son. Mm-hmm. I got the sons, and my my friend Portia, her kidney went to the mother. Incredible. Straight swap. Yeah. The second one was a um, was a good amount of people involved. So that's another important thing. It's not yeah. like so you had an amazing career. You're like right. I, I really need to get this kidney done. You got the first kidney transplant, um, but then it was it didn't, didn't, it, it didn't go well. Yeah. Did it? it didn't work. Um, and so that was a that was a tough time. I was about um, to say. Yeah. Right? They, um, so here we are. We, we think we're, you know, we're, we're getting a transplant. Mm-hmm. I'm told that I'll, I'll feel better than I've felt in years. I'm, you know, super, we're, mm-hmm. we're all super excited. We go in, we have the surgery. Um, everything goes well. Then um, the next morning, I go in. They just go to check the kidney. So you're still in hospital at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're in there for a little bit, maybe a week or so. We're mm-hmm. recovering, and my uh, there's no blood flow through the kidney within the kidney. Oh, so then, and it was one of those situations where, like, I'm just sitting there, they're just doing an ultrasound, yeah. and uh, and she has a concerned look on her face, and the nurse, and then she calls in one person, they come check it out, then they have a concerned look, and then they call another person, and then another person, and then while I'm there, they're like, um, all right, we gotta um, have you operate right now. Um, to we're gonna uh, the kidney's not working right now. We're gonna try to make some adjustments. So was there the was there the initial thought that maybe if they did some alterations they can get this kidney to kind of yeah get so the like kick in yeah, yeah. it's a while yeah so they, we do the we do the surgery I think it was another um, two days they were still waiting for full blood flow never came so then we took it out so I had three basically three operations in just a few days just oh my goodness put it in take it out put it in take it out yeah so they when they when you wake up the second time then they're doing all the alterations again and they're mm-hmm. like they're like still there's, there's no blood flow yeah. going through and then you just took it out so then they take that back out mm-hmm. and i think this is a question i asked you earlier so then for you to um, survive then are they then relying on your previous kidney to do yes. the filtering which is now running at less than 20 percent? correct correct so when they put that they put that one in i basically had three kidneys but the yeah. two were obviously yeah. weren't yeah. operating at the percent that we needed to mm-hmm. so but they never they don't take the old ones out yeah. um, they say it's unnecessary um, it's unnecessary yeah mm-hmm. They leave them in, and, they, and once they stop working, they just basically shrivel up um, to like a raisin. But it's no no harm for that's, them to stay in there. Yep. So then they put you under for the third time. They take out this one. You back into that, and then when you wake up from that, that you're like probably devastated. I can imagine because you're thinking that you just yeah. climbed Everest, and then to wake up yeah. and find out that you've got to climb it again. I imagine. Well, that to be honest with you, uh, Dan, at that time, I just want to I just want to go back to the dialysis. That's how. Yeah. That's how difficult that that probably week and a half in the hospital was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, just just put me back on what I was doing. Yeah. Like it was, it was just rough. It was rough. Um, and how do you feel by the way? Like your physical body, are you just drained for energy, or are you walking around kind when of? When I had the. Yeah. So when you're just on the dialysis pr- yeah. prior to the first surgery, are, are you feeling okay? Or oh yeah, you- yeah. So dialysis made me feel better than I, I didn't realize how sick I was. Until I started dialysis. Oh, really? Yeah, and my energy automatically went back up. The actual process of dialysis is a little taxing. So mm-hmm. when you first start it, you you need like a two-hour nap afterwards. But after a while, your body gets used to it, and and like you know by by the first uh, end of the first month, second month, 
I would I would hop out of the chair, I'd go to work. I'd work the whole oh, time wow. I was in the chair and then um, leave and go straight to work. Wow. Right. Yeah, so, um, but, and, you know, it was it was also, it was difficult, but mm -hmm. I just had that mindset. Uh, and I had good people around me that yeah. were like, you know, you're going to get a kidney, this is going to be, it's going to be all right. But also, worst case, you can live on dialysis for a long time. I know, that's just yeah. kind of what I was going to say. So say, for example, when you then go back onto dialysis, is there any, it, you say normally four years, to get a kidney, mm -hmm. um, but then was there any idea how long they could sustain you without getting a new kidney? Oh yeah, I mean you can live. There's people who live on dialysis for decades. Oh, so, so it, it wasn't like you could see the horizon coming or anything like that. No, the, Georgetown. So I, I got my first transplant down in DC, oh, okay. Georgetown University, and they told me we're going to get you another kidney soon because they had so many people that had tested yeah. and so many people that were on track to be good donors, mm -hmm. uh, good candidates. Um, but they but they had already, you know, they just, Portia was the best at the mm -hmm. time. And so they just kept going through that same search. Mm -hmm. Same search, yeah. Right, right. Um, and, and they told me, you know, that they'd get me one, but it, you know, it was a good year before. Wow, so you're back on dialysis for a year and then you had the, the now second, second, second yeah. kidney transplant, or probably fourth surgery at that point. Yeah, it would have been fourth, yeah. Uh, second, second transplant, and that one was was pretty crazy. So, yeah. uh, my ex girlfriend that I spoke about before, mm -hmm. um, that I lived with in DC. Mm -hmm. um, so I got, I had okay. So what? It was devastating. Yeah. The, the first kidney didn't work, yeah. but everyone knew that I was getting the kidney, and like people thought I, I was going to die because the kidney transplant didn't work. Yeah. They, a lot of people didn't know how. They don't understand all the ins and outs. Yeah. Out so yeah. you're probably a little bit more relaxed because you can kind of yeah. say, you, you know that you've got time at yeah, this point. yeah. Right. and so um but so when this second kidney came yeah. around i uh, told my sisters told oh. my parents and we talked to each other and we're like we're not gonna tell anybody about this until it's a it's a success yeah you don't want to think so yeah so we didn't tell anybody right and so i got the news uh from the nurse and we're like we're gonna operate i'm gonna be like it was like maybe two more weeks mm -hmm. and we're gonna do the operation and get you a kidney so we're pumped, uh, we're keeping it a secret. And I got a call from my ex-girlfriend, Katri. Mm -hmm. uh, and she and she's like, how you feeling? Uh, and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm good, mm -hmm. uh, per, per usual. And uh, she said, why didn't you tell me that you got a kidney, um, that someone gave me a kidney? And I said, well, we decided not to, to tell anybody, but I'm like, but well, how did you find out? And she said, because I'm the donor. And it was just, I think I had, I definitely had tears in my eyes. It was just, uh, was that it was crazy. Oh my goodness, crazy. I can't yeah. even imagine. And, and so, what was your relationship like with her? Like, you, post relationship was? Mm -hmm. Did you expect, ever expect her to do anything like that? Well, I'm, the type of person that, that she is, um, I wouldn't put it past her. But she hadn't said anything this whole time. That's you know, she would check in with me and see how I was feeling and stuff. Yeah. But she never, I never even knew she was going through the process in the first place. Wow. I think she mentioned something way before the first kidney transplant that mm -hmm. she was uh, getting tested, yeah. but. Definitely you know, a lot of people said yeah. that, you know, um, it was Oh nice. my God. So, um, and I don't have her kidney. We went through that exchange. Yeah, that exchange. So yeah. her kidney went to someone else yeah. and their kidney came to you. So, so she donated so that I could get one. Yeah. And so you wake up from this surgery, mm -hmm. they're doing the normal tests. Are you thinking, oh my God, please just, <sighs> yeah. please just make it right. Well, yeah. And when they told me, I, I started producing urine like right away. Um, so with... When the kidney function stops working, you yeah. start producing urine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you urinate, you're releasing all those toxins. Yeah, got it. Yep. So the, the, the kidneys filter out all those toxins and it comes out when you pee. 
Um, and that was, uh, that was, I was still producing urine, but mm. it was, for the most part, it was done. And yeah. so, um, I remember I woke up and I looked down and I got a bag full of urine. Like, it's like, yeah. I'm just like, peeing for wow. because it's working. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it I mean, was, did you know then as soon as you saw that, you were like, it's, it's yeah, and then the nurse came in and said, yeah, yeah. That's it was, amazing. It was nuts. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's really, yeah. really cool. Oh, wow. So then, that, do you ever like look at your life and go, there's been like chapters of your life. So you say the soccer playing portion of your life was obviously a huge way to get DC, then you have the reps. Do you ever look at that part of your life where you're going through all these surgeries, where you're going through this, um, you know, all these operations and everything. And then you're, you're over that now. And then what's the next thing? So, so at this point, you're kind of like, right, well, I'm over this now. I've got kidneys. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back to normal. And then so now you've built up Rev Spin mm -hmm. Studios, which I think is amazing. So how did, yeah, talk to us, how did the transition go from going from software to operations in the kidneys to then, you know, you're building this um, spin, spin cycling business? Yeah, so, so me re retiring mm -hmm. and then Rev's uh, coming to life and um, having to go into houses yeah. happened like all around the same time. It was, oh, it was wow. busy. A busy time. Yeah, I remember the opening day. I, I had, um, I remember having a bandage on because I had just come from um, dialysis to come to oh, opening day. Yeah, yeah that's insane. Yeah, I yeah, it was wild. Um, you're the co-founder of this, right? You've got a business partner. Yep, yep, my yeah. partner, uh, business partner Megan. Um, that's amazing. And that it takes me back to sports. Like being part of a team is so much fun. I mean, yeah. like it may, it makes um, when you have. A group of people, and no matter how many, how small or how how large the number, that are all just as passionate about the same thing, and, yeah. and you're and you have the same goal, yeah. um, and you're working towards that goal. There's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing like it. And I learned that with with soccer. Mm. So when the whole time, you know, uh, I had met Megan uh, well before, obviously, mm. but before we decided to do that, we didn't know each other that well. Mm -hmm. But we both knew that we didn't want to do it alone, mm -hmm. and and we both knew that we were going to be stronger. Together, together, yeah. Together. So, so um, yeah, that's what we did, and it's been awesome. I mean, all the stuff I went through with my kidneys, yeah. I was able to go away, and she, she. And that's one of those things is that having a partner with you, mm -hmm. you can kind of lean off each other's strengths, can't you? Like when Absolutely. you're going through that, you can you can kind of lean on her to help with the business oh God, and, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. And vice versa, yeah. yeah. She, she's had moments. Um, you know, she's on her second kid now. That's and, amazing. And. Um, yeah, she's able to go away and not not worry about yeah. business for months that's on end, and and we um we we're a good team in that way. That's really good. I've yeah. uh, I'd love to meet. I spoke to my my girlfriend Caitlin knows her. And she's yeah, like, Dan, she's a boss. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's a boss. She's a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So then, so where did the initial idea come from for a spin studio? Because obviously yeah. you had soccer, and then how did you transition to spin? Yeah, so um, I, I started later in my career. Yeah. I gravitated towards the bike. Yeah. Um, Low impact. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Like, um, the last thing I wanted to do in the off seasons was run okay. and put that pressure on my joints. Because uh, I was getting, you know, I was up to 30 yeah. and, uh, or 30 plus, and uh, the stuff on my kidneys, I, I needed that low impact. So I, I gravitated towards the bike. Um, I started taking like cycling classes at the gym, mm -hmm. uh, probably a good, like, my last like four four years mm -hmm. of playing uh, in the off seasons. And, and it was great. Like, I, I get the That's best workout. And I still feel fresh to go again the next day. Um, and so my, my cardio was great. And then, of course, when we would run the fitness test, my legs would like tire out. Yeah, but my cardio <laughs> yeah, was great. Your cardio yeah, was good. Yeah, 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 I get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But uh, started there at the gym, and it was just just traditional, like speed up, slow down, yeah, that type of thing. Give me these RPMs. 
Um, but I still love it. I love the loud music. I love the camaraderie and, yeah, and sure. having bikes were in the room. Um, and so I, I continue to do that. I met Megan mm -hmm. up here in Seaport, actually. That's it, yeah. And we hit it off right away. Um, uh, shared a passion for kind of you know, fitness. fitness. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, Were you still playing? You're probably still playing. I was still playing yeah, yeah. at Megan, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. And so um, one another time she came back to Boston. She was living in Hoboken at the time yeah, yeah. in New Jersey. She come back and she wanted me to go check out this spin studio with her. So she, uh, I met her. Went to this studio and it was the first time I rode to the beat of the music. Yeah. Based off the off the beat of the music, and I loved it. Um, right. And then I started doing math in my head. I'm like, okay, I paid X amount for this class. Mm -hmm. There's this amount of people. This amount of people mm -hmm. in the room. These bikes can't be with so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just started thinking about from a business perspective. Yeah, I thought I it was genius. Work. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I thought it was genius. So I just kept I kept kind of like putting that bug in Meg's ear, like Meg. Because she always wanted to move back to Boston. She yeah. went to school at Northeastern. Oh, yeah. And um, she was looking for an excuse to come back. And I was like, uh, why don't we open a, a spin studio? Um, and it was, it was just, we were just joking for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we should, you know. Yeah, people do. Yeah, yeah. And then when I decided to retire, um, that was another reason why I said, let's just go ahead and, and do this. Because, thing. because are you thinking in two, three years, I'm not going to be playing yeah. soccer. I want to, you don't want to just be sitting on the couch, yeah. but you want something to transition into. Yeah. And I'm also a person that's like, all right, if I go play soccer for a year or two, there's no telling where this, like, you know, all the places I'm thinking about doing it, or even just doing it in general, mm -hmm. this, this might explode before, and I might, or we might be late to the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop playing. Like, I, you know, I don't feel great, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I'm, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was automatically, but just so passionate about it, and so we did it. That's she moved up here, uh, lived in an apartment together for a bit, um, and then her boyfriend moved up, and then they got an apartment, and then I moved in with them for a bit, that's and really cool. uh, yeah, that's yeah really, we're, really we're tight, cool. we're tight. That's yeah, really so cool. That's, that's cool. So, I think what I was saying to you right, is that when you watch business podcasts, when you watch business people speak, they'll talk about how they started their business, and they'll just say something like a empty comment, like, oh yeah, I worked really, really hard, and I just made it happen, and oftentimes I'm a bit like... Yeah, but what did you do? Like, can you actually put some like meat, yeah, meat yeah. and bones on it? So, like, when you're looking at this um, thing, all right, let's start spin studio. How do you do like the market research on like your locations, and then where do you source the bikes from, and then how do you know that you're going to get enough clients to even pay the rent? Because I imagine mm -hmm. for the longest time you have, especially if you're starting in like Copley, for example, or Foxborough, the rent's not cheap. No. So is, it, is that kind of in the back of your mind going right? Well, we need to start filling this place up before mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. um, and to be honest, I mean, we didn't we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Like, we, <laughs> I mean, oh, we, I love that so much. We knew what we were doing, but <laughs> yeah, it's kind of figure it out. We just got yeah, so, you kind of got to figure it out. Yeah, you're like, okay, we need this amount of people to pay the rent, <laughs> and then be able to pay ourselves a little something. <laughs> um, but then, as soon as we go to make a business, um, you got to pay five hundred dollars to create a business. You know, yeah, like, like the we legal get, or something. Yeah, 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 accountants. Uh, involved from the start, we gotta do, you know, we gotta, we actually got, we gotta get towels for the bikes. Um, you gotta furnish the place. You gotta make sure the place. You yeah. can't just have a room of bikes. You need it to be like yeah. look nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's just one time cost. But then the stuff that costs over and over and over, you don't even think about. You don't think about um, at the time. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had to, we had to, at one point, put, you know, for a while, we had to keep putting more money in. Yeah. Just yeah. believing well, that it would, it would blow up. It would go. Yeah, so you know we had no idea about that stuff. Stuff will pop up, and I'm like, how, how are we gonna think about this? 
But at the same time, there was never a doubt that we wouldn't make it happen. I love like, that. Um, we just, yeah, you know, so there is some validity to, you know, working really hard. Yeah, I get that. It, is, it yeah. definitely is. But I think there's always a bigger part of the story. Which there is. is the smart there is. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and we're, I like to think that we're smart people. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, you can figure anything out. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, we have a ton of friends. Our network is, is awesome. I mean, mm. we, for anything that we needed, we knew someone. We knew somebody or, or we knew somebody that knew someone. They could do it. That's amazing. They, they would either love to help us out or do it for cheaper. Then we'd be paying somebody yeah, else no, that we didn't know. Yeah. Um, and it was great in that way. Um, you know, some of the, some of the, yeah. I mean, we we luck out with that. That's amazing. Out with that, yeah. And I, I think I think if you hear a lot of people's stories, there is that element to it. Is you just kind of have to just network and bring so many people's different strengths into it. And yeah. obviously, like, so you get a good network of people around you that you can kind of lean on and yeah. help you out, which is amazing, which is yeah. amazing. So then you had the first one in Foxborough, mm -hmm. and then where did you go from there? How, how long from well, the first Denim one? Was the first one. To Denim. Denim. Yeah. And then, because sorry, so you had Dedham, and then was Foxborough the second one? Foxborough was the second, second one. one. Got yeah. it, got it. So how quickly after the first yeah. one were you like, oh my God, we can expand this now? <laughs> too quick. Too, too quick, too quick. Yeah, it was, I mean, but we were doing really well in Dedham. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we picked Dedham because I, we uh, lived in Dedham. We yeah. lived right behind Legacy Place. Yeah. And um, and I was like, I'd go to Whole Foods like every day yeah, to yeah. eat. And I'm like, it just looked like everyone in there would spend. And so we just it's a, yeah, it's not yeah. So we found a spot right next to Legacy. It was right next to Whole Foods mm -hmm. and opened it up. And um, and it, it it did well. We were we were making the numbers work. A lot of classes we were selling out. And that was the reason why we kind of wanted to stay close, and we, we needed to make it manageable. Mm -hmm. So Foxborough is about twenty minutes, either mm -hmm. Route One or the highway. Mm -hmm. um, and we, um, I think we got an email from like a landlord. Just they, they shoot that, yeah, that like blast nice, yeah. out, yeah, to see see if they can catch anyone to get in there. And uh, and they got me, and I called the guy. He showed it, showed us the space, and then we ended up, um, we just ended up in a lease there. We worked with that broker again to, uh, and that was probably like a year and a half after uh, Dedham opened. It was a little quick, but like I said, it was manageable. We were able to use the same instructors at both. Students. I was about to say, so then are you then hiring multiple staff, or are you then just bringing, hey guys, you're not gonna have a shift here and you're yeah, gonna have a shift there as well? That's more. Is over. that quite a hard part of the job hiring? I imagine that's really tough finding people with the same kind of passion and enthusiasm oh, to yeah. your business that oh yeah that they have, you know? Yeah, but that, that goes back to I take everything back to soccer yeah. and, and playing. I learned I learned everything from playing soccer and just being part of teams and watching managers, watch, mm -hmm. watching managers manage people, um, watching how they operated. Because and the the thing I'm most thankful for is not just the good teams that I played on, mm -hmm. but the bad teams yeah. and why we cultures. Yep. Yeah, why the atmosphere was so bad and yeah. so poor. I learned more from those than I did um, from the good coaches. It's um, funny you say that. I think. I'll, I'll probably steal that off you as well because I think in the bad moments you learn probably so much more than when everything's really, oh, yeah. really easy. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I, the biggest thing you got to make people feel a part of the a yeah. part of what you're doing. Yeah, people want to be a part of something. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, money's good and everything, but mm -hmm. a lot of people have money and, and aren't happy or or feel kind of alone in that way. A lot, a lot of people, I guarantee, you talk to them. 
they would be happier taking less money and, and really being a part of something, you know? Literally why I've built this podcast for yeah. exactly, exactly that reason, yeah. Exactly, and I think, like you said, people want an identity to be part of, and I think if you can put them in a culture or an environment where they're around nice people, and are all on the same mission, driven by the same values, then ultimately it's a recipe for success, yes, you know? absolutely. That's amazing, man, absolutely. that's really, really cool. So then you get to six, which by the way is incredible. You've got six spin studios, you've built a really cool culture, you've got cool teams, everyone loves it. And then 2020 hits and then mm-hmm. the world stops. Yeah, <laughs> and then this is, year yeah. just goes completely to shit. So yeah, would you be able to tell us how you've kind of, you know, how you've evolved during this year? Because businesses have been put on, you've had such, I don't know the word, just such struggles this year to yeah. you know, get through, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been difficult. Um, the first thing you got to go to is uh, where can we cut money? Where mm-hmm. can we cut spending? Mm-hmm. You got to go to the landlords first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thankfully we've had really good kind of relationships with mm-hmm. our landlords. Um, and, you gotta, and then, you know, we had to cut staff. We just had yeah. to. Yeah. Um, we, had, we, had, we were getting, paying off so much in, in payroll. We would have been we would have been done in a few months. Um, I, I get it. Yeah. Because uh, you have to close the doors, just, right? Yeah, because we had just opened up uh, three new studios. With One was open for eight days. One was open for 14 days. And then the other one had been open like two, three, two, three months. So basically the worst possible time for COVID to hit, hit right when you just <laughs> opened three new studios. We were so pumped. I mean, yeah. everything was in place. We had managers in place. We had instructors in place. Mm-hmm. The team was, was ready and set. Uh, but, and, and, uh, and then, it, yeah. But... Um, and then even at the time, we didn't even think it was that bad. It was actually kind of nice because we were running, at that point, we were getting these studios up and we were running around like crazy. Oh, I can imagine. And, and it was nice to have that breather. Um, and, and everyone thought it was going to be a few weeks and everything yeah, was back to normal. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and so we just acted accordingly. Um, we needed to make money. So um, once we realized it was going to be a little bit of time, mm-hmm. we started doing on-demand classes. We started filming classes mm-hmm. just to keep people um, right, right. involved. And then we decided to rent out our bikes. Um, Smart. I mean, you need yeah. cash flow. I mean, it was great. It was great. We um, so we got we, and they rented out like that. I mean, yeah. like I said, everyone thought it was just be a few weeks. So were you rent that out on a one-time basis? Say, if I wanted a, a spin bike here to do an under my class, you deliver the bike to my apartment, mm-hmm. and then do I rent that for a certain amount of time? Or yeah, like- at the time. It was in the contract to keep it until um, until we reopened. Like that. Oh, was, oh, okay. So it's not like a daily basis or anything. Yeah, that was a commitment that you had to that you had to make to get yeah. to take one. Yeah. Um. But of course, um, it started going on and on. People were yeah. started losing jobs and stuff. So yeah. we, if someone needed to return it, we we took it back. That's bad. And then it worked out. Um, we we had so many returns, and then we started. The weather got nice. We started running outdoor classes. Yeah. So everything was much safer outdoors. Um. And so that was our jam for a bit, and that, and and we did that in every location. We had a parking lot. We mm-hmm. talked to the landlord, "Can we get out here?" Um, it's nice, yeah, and it's so really we, we cool. did that. Um, and now that it's gotten cold again, we're having to pivot again. Got it, got it. And I think, I mean, you can do indoor classes at the moment. You just have to put up like yeah. certain parameters between well, you. Well, you can be either, one or two things. You can mm-hmm. do the the partition. and then six feet with mask, I think, mm-hmm. um, and then or you can just be. Far enough apart, and right okay. now that distance is 14 feet. Okay, right, mm-hmm. right. I cannot imagine doing a spin class with a mask on. Well, that's why we've only looked for big spaces yeah. because you can't, we can't have people to run. People pass out, especially the way we ride. It's a, a super athletic ride, and it's, oh, it's sure. difficult. Yeah, I've done it before, so, it's like a nightclub. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. a nightclub, it it's spinning, it's really, yeah, really it cool. Is, yeah. um, and so now we're we have pivoted in, into that. 
we're um, launching the sell. We're selling bikes now, uh, starting today. Cool. Um, brand new bikes. That's cool. We worked it out with our dealer, um, and they can do a payment plan and everything. So that's oh, really nice. Um, it's another avenue, and now we're we're actually um, about to up our on demand, and we're mm. gonna make that a permanent thing now. So that's really cool. Um, lots of different things. That's so we, cool, man. We, that's did, cool. we we did a different concept for a bit because outdoors is obviously more comfortable mm -hmm. for people. Uh, called training camp, so mm -hmm. it's a different like hit hit workout. Mm -hmm. um, got you. You probably be real familiar with the workout because mm -hmm. basically took it from soccer. Uh, great workout, uh, full body workout. But um, uh, we did that for a bit as mm -hmm. well. So anything, anything that we could do, but also obviously stay on brand. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Stay on brand and not be too much out of our element that would you know hurt us. Um, from a brand standpoint, we we've kind of done. And um, and yeah, we've maintained so far. We've maintained so far, um, and we think uh, we're working on some things. We think we'll, we'll, we should get through this thing all right. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank it's, you. It's honestly, I think even opening a business is a massive achievement. But opening a business and maintaining it through mm -hmm. a global pandemic is an achievement on the whole. Yeah, and, and like I said, I mean, we, we had to like a lot. Uh, well, a lot of our full time staff mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. uh, that was difficult. Yeah, exactly. And not something we we wanted to do or ever wanted to do. Um, and do you think there's the understanding from their part though, like you have to do it because they otherwise you're not, they're not, you're not going to be here and you won't, you physically will not be here in six months time and right. Rev won't be there if you don't do that. Exactly, yeah. So it has to so, be understanding. Yeah, so hopefully one day we can bring you back. Yeah. Um, yeah, and their job essentially went away. So they, yeah. they you know. I is understandable. They know. They know. Yeah. So, uh, and all of them are still working at some capacity. So yeah. a lot of them were instructors and mm -hmm. full-time staff at the same time. Got it. And they're still teaching classes. Oh, so you can bring them on like a part-time basis. Oh yeah, the, to teach classes, everything's co uh, contracted. So um, uh, yeah, they okay. just so get paid for the class. So a lot, um, most, everyone still works for us. Oh, that's amazing. But the full-time salary we had to get rid oh, of. Oh, that, that makes sense then. Mm -hmm. Oh, so they're, they're still involved then. Yeah, they are. Better. That's perfect, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Well, Clark, I think to be honest, we've kind of touched on everything really. I, yeah. Honestly, thank you so much for yeah, coming no around. Problem, I really enjoyed it. I think um, the people who watch this are going to get some of it. So, yeah, thank you yeah, so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, man.